welcome to the Escape Velocity podcast presented by Modern Wordshop. This is the show for aspiring career changers where we explore how to break through the inertia of the everyday. If you're looking for inspiration to tackle a new career, pick up a new hobby, or just choose to show up to the world in a more authentic and meaningful way, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Kevin Sawyer. were a little bit taken aback by how much of in a hurry a lot of people were um, to get into their careers because once you're in a career it's you know you can change it as we both know but uh, it's there's there's a long stretch ahead so you might as well you know if you if you have an idea take an opportunity while you have it So this is episode two of Escape Velocity, where we talk to people who have made career changes, and we talk about inspiration, motivation, and the forces that cause us to make big changes in life. So today's guest is Phil McCluskey. Welcome to the show, Phil. Thank you, Kevin. Good to be here. Pleasure to have you. Now, Phil, you have made a pretty significant career change a while ago. Why don't you tell us about where you were in your early days of your career and where you've ended up uh, today? Sure. Well, uh, after, after I left college, um, I decided I didn't want to get a job right away at all, and I went to Key West to be a bum for a while. Uh, that wait, wait, for... wait. <laughs> I, I didn't know this at all. <laughs> this, that lasted for about a year, uh, just enough to get my ambition to kick in. And uh, so I came back, and I, um, I had a marketing degree, so my first thought was I need to get a job that has marketing in the title. So I did that. I worked for a... Um, a telecom consulting firm in Washington, D.C., and then I decided I wanted to leave D.C. Some friends were moving out to San Francisco, so I quit my job and I moved out to San Francisco with them. Uh, Again, I had the marketing background, so I decided to look for a marketing job, uh, and I got a job at Wells Fargo as a marketing manager, um, which was a great job, a lot of vacation, good money, uh, and I was tentative in the moment, but I decided I needed a job, so I took it. Uh, and that job sort of threw me for a loop. Uh, a lot of days grabbing, pulling my hair out, um, wondering. It sort of was sort of, I guess, a career existential crisis of, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and because it was so uncomfortable and because it was definitely not for me, it forced me to make some, to ask myself some questions about what was for me. Uh, so I, I went to a career counselor and I talked to a career counselor for five sessions and that's all it took. Um, she was, uh, she was excellent at kind of narrowing it down. Uh, she got me to narrow it down in our last session. I had it down to two choices and those choices were very unique in that, uh, one of them was, uh, writer, just general writer. And the other one was speech pathologist. Um, and she asked me several questions and I said, you know, I could be a speech pathologist. I think, you know, I have a lot of, uh, affinity for trying to help people communicate. And she, she called me on it. She said, why, why do you think that is? You, you don't think you want to be creative? And she was right. Um, I wanted to be creative. I think I was looking for a safe path and that, uh, speech pathology had a very clear path of education. And, uh, again, those clear job titles, um, 
So once I realized she was right, uh, I decided to become a writer, and she had had me do the work about what that meant prior to, sh- to showing up. So I knew what I had to do, and part of that was moving to New York. So walk me through graduation day to Key West. What Was that a decision you'd already had in your mind before you graduated? Was this a spur-of-the-moment decision? Well, that story begins where most career changes begin, which is with the movie Cocktail. <laughs> so... I I saw the movie Cocktail when I was uh, probably 10 or 11 years old. I can't remember. And um, I loved the idea of him just going to a Caribbean island and becoming a bartender. And just that that lifestyle to me seemed like a lot of fun. Uh, It also seemed very different from what I was used to. And so early on, I decided I didn't know what I was going to do for my job. But I knew I was going to, to first go somewhere south and just sort of do something different for a while. What did the soul searching look like in that time? Was it something that you made an intentional effort to, you know, sit down and pause and reflect or was it just, or did it just kind of happen along the way? It just happened along the way. Um, I, I never, at that point I was, uh, you know, I had a natural tendency to think about different, uh, different ideas and bigger ideas. Um, you know, I, I seem to be drawn to the, you know, to the philosophers and quotations kind of thing where you're thinking about the broader questions in life, but it wasn't targeted and it wasn't focused at that point. So, um, I didn't know what a career was at that point. So I was more just thinking about life in general. Um, I think that that, uh, that ethos and that idea that brought me to Key West is the same one that had me, uh, go to San Francisco. It's the same one that had me while I was in San Francisco decide to make a different change. Who are some of your favorite philosophers? Well, right now I'm focused on the Stoics. Uh, I uh, I sort of I like the idea of I think a lot of us kind of can get caught up in trying to control everything, and the Stoics are really, really good about reminding you that there are only so many things you can control. The things you can't control are a waste of your time and your energy, and they stress you out for no reason. So, um, one of the great quotes that I've I've been focused on recently is about. Uh, about an archer. So an archer, um, I'm going to paraphrase this, but an archer, his goal is not to hit the target. His, his goal is to shoot straight. So uh, if he shoots straight towards the target, there's a lot of things like wind and a lot of other things that can take the, the arrow in a different direction, but he can control how, shoot, how straight he shoots it. So um, that's one That's one that's really I've really been focused on recently. I uh, actually have uh, the Daily Stoic is a book by Ryan Holiday. I have it right here, and I've actually been uh, uh, telling myself to start reading one of those a day uh, because I really, I really enjoy his approach. So over the last four months or so with everyone being in quarantine and with the anxiety around COVID-19, um, what does that philosophy look like in the face of just innumerable little stresses and worries and anxieties and and, and you know, not, not being overwhelmed by the things you can't control. Like how do you enact that in day-to-day life in the midst of all of this global chaos and uncertainty of the pandemic? Well, for me, uh, it starts with recognizing that there's a lot happening to all of us right now. And it's sort of insidious. It can, it can approach in a, uh, in a way that you don't expect. So I've been trying to, to sort of take care of myself in whatever ways I can, including meditation, uh, exercise, making sure I get outside, making sure I'm laughing. Um, I'm watching a lot of, uh, comedies, 
uh, and just focusing on the stuff that I know is going to benefit me in, in a time like this. Um, and I also am working on a book. Uh, I've talked to you about this before. Of, uh, a project I worked on called A Drink with a Stranger. Uh, I did it for, for five years and was uh, just so fulfilling for me. Um, and, you know, it's taken me a long time to actually turn it into a book because it's, you know, it's amazing how hard it is to write a book. <laughs> even, even when you have a lot of stuff written, it's just putting it in a form that uh, you're actually pleased with uh, and you feel like tells the whole story is, is pretty difficult. I've realized as you know, to read the news, you see how divided people are. Um, and I realized how a drink with a stranger is, was always about to a certain extent connecting with people that I wouldn't otherwise connect with and, uh, sort of strengthening my empathy. Um, and so I had the idea of relaunching not only for myself, but, you know, as a way to, to show other people, um, what they can do to connect with other people and just give people the ideas and, uh, show them how impactful it can be and how a simple conversation with a stranger, it's amazing how quickly it goes from small talk to the real things that matter in our lives. Why do you think it's so easy or perhaps so natural to get deep with people, to get deep with strangers in your first conversation with them? I, for one thing, I think people are taken aback that someone's listening to them um, and someone's listening to them who, you know, hopefully they've, they've realized has no real agenda other than having the conversation. Um, I, I don't ask, uh, you know, a list of questions based on anything other than let's have a chat. Um, and it's amazing how quickly that gets to, um, gets to things that really, that really matter in their life and their life. I think part of that is, you know, everyone wants to be heard. Uh, that's something that is, um, I think we see it everywhere right now. Um, Social media is basically a bunch of people just screaming out to be heard, um, and everyone's yelling over each other right now, and that's that's understandable considering the amount of of, of noise out there. But there's also a signal, um, and usually those signals are better heard when you're speaking one on one. So you you were looking for a marketing job to line up what your degree said with what the job title said, right? right? Was there, was there more to it than that? Did you look at, did you look at the marketplace and say that this is a particular company I want to be at more than others? Or was there something attractive about the location of their position? What, what kind of took you out of Key West and into this next step for you? Well, um, I think it was drifting, uh, to be honest, there's, there's, um, the one thing I will, I will say off the bat is that um, when I did have, uh, you know, meetings with guidance counselors in, in high school, they present a catalog of jobs. Uh, they present a very uh, small and discreet number of careers that you can go into. Uh, and that is not at all what the case is. Um, and if people don't have the knowledge um, that there are a thousand little nooks and crannies within the career world that they can find their way into. They will be, often out of fear, focused on, I need to be a blank, blank, blank. And for me, that was marketing because, uh, you know, I had a, a natural tendency towards advertising. Um, I think my, my parents wanted me to be a more business-focused world. 
Um, understandably so, because you know, if you if you get a history degree, there's fewer directions you can go. Um, but I, in that world, the only uh, thing that was appealing to me was was the creative side of it. Um, and I, at the time, I didn't really know that. I I was intrigued by advertising and marketing because it had some creative element to it within a uh, a more stable world. Um, and I think that's why I went into it. Um, I think there was no intention there. It was mostly just, uh, this is the degree that makes most sense for me. Now that I have this degree, this is the job that I'm most likely to get. And you sort of just coast along doing that. What was going through your head in those first few weeks or months in that new job? What were you feeling? At Wells Fargo? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, at first I felt good because I, I had a job that was uh, a significant pay increase from my last job. Um, I had moved through, you know, mostly through circumstance, I had moved up in the previous job. And so I had a, a job title that was probably ahead of where my experience was. Um, so I was, uh, I was happy at first and, um, you know, it had five weeks vacation, which I loved. Um, so I, there are, there are elements of it that, if you look at it on paper, there's a lot to be thankful for and there's a lot to be excited about if that's for you. Uh, what became pretty clear very soon after was that it was not for me um, and that the uh, this sort of gigantic corporate culture really woke me up to what I didn't want. Um, and it was, it was a world in which I kind of was looking around <laughs> to everyone else saying, is everyone else buying into this? Am I, am I crazy here? Is this, is this really what we're all doing right now? Um, so it had a bit of an office space feel to it, uh, for me, the movie, I mean, uh, and I, I stayed there for four years. Um, and I think if I hadn't gotten that job, it, I could have stayed in that kind of job for a long time, but because it was so, uh, antithetical to what I wanted. Um, I was confronted every day with the pain of not doing what you want to do. And that forced me to make the choices I did. I want to push a little on that and, and just kind of get to some more specifics. So in your experience, you know, what, what were some of the daily activities or, or some of the things you observed that were causing the, the spidey sense antennas to kind of go up for you? Like what particularly was it about that environment or that culture or that line of work that was bristling against your, where you would prefer to have been? Well, I think, you know, at a very, at the top level, it's, it's mostly just my daily job was essentially to, to have meetings, um, to create very little, um, and to come to an agree upon, agreed upon thesis for, I was working in, um, in small business marketing. So I was doing, uh, basically the merchandising in the banks. Um, so the ultimate goal was to get, you know, a a cardboard cutout (laughs) with some brochures in it. Um, and there was this whole big process of, uh, the creation part of it. And I was working with, uh, we were working with a, an advertising agency. So there was this whole process of months of doing this work to get to this merchandising product that, there's very little wiggle room on what you're going to do there. It's, it's a very clear brand and you know what you're going to say. Um, and even within that world, I was not the creative element. So I 
took a creative brief, I got it approved. Sometimes it wasn't approved. I had to make changes to the words on the page, write it back, it got approved. It was, it was a, it was felt like a, an assembly line of words, none of which were really mine. Uh, and that coupled with some of the absurdity of, uh, of the environment there, um, you know, people, people really buying into, uh, there was a benefit to really buying into the, the culture and what the culture, what they talked about in the culture. Um, and I, that was again a moment where I was like, are we serious right now? This is, this is a joke. <laughs> this is, these are, these are not authentic statements. Um, and I understand why they do it, but it is, it, I can't pretend like I really buy into all this stuff because it's, um, it's not about the humanity of people. It's about, you know, the term wallet share was used all the time. And I, I don't really care about people's wallet share. <laughs> so I think that became readily apparent because I, you know, because I sort of went through the process over four years of kind of letting it really sink in. Uh, by the time I was ready to make a move, it was a, it was an urgent matter for me. Yeah. So what, tell me about what were you doing at that time to, to feed yourself, not, not literally, but, you know, to stay feeling productive and stay motivated and, and just sort of feed your soul, I suppose. What were you doing outside of work to make sure you weren't just consumed by this kind of office space, kind of surrealist comedy of wallet share? Yeah. And that's, that's what, that was a big part of why I stayed for four years is because San Francisco is a wonderful place and Northern California is one of the best places on earth. So that can make it very easy to rationalize what you're doing. Like I want to live in this space. This allows me to, um, allows me the freedom to do so, to explore with that five weeks vacation. Um, I've got a good salary that allows me to, to, you know, to pay for living here. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why, uh, if you for lack of another direction, there's a lot of reasons why to stay in that, that place. And that's what it was. San Francisco was for me because, uh, as much as I didn't like the job, I still point to that, uh, that part of my life and say, that is the before and after point in my life. Um, not only the job, but just recognizing what San Francisco was. I talked to so many people, uh, that thought differently, um, than I had ever experienced before. Um, I, I met a lot of travelers, uh, a lot of, a lot of solo travelers. And that sent me in a direction that I would not have gone otherwise. So in spite of, you know, that experience, it was one of the best experiences in my life because it really launched me in another direction that, uh, continues to, f- to fulfill me. Tell me about some of your favorite trips as a solo traveler. Um, well, after I left, um, after I left San Francisco, Part of my plan was to get, obviously to go to New York and try my hand at writing, but because I was, um, because I saw this as an opportunity, and because I was quitting my job, I wanted to take the lead of some of those people who had I had seen traveling. Like I don't want to lose this opportunity, so I I decided to take a four month trip around the world. And I had never done anything like that before. I drove cross country uh, when I moved out to San Francisco for a month, but that was comfortable, um, and it, I spoke the language and. So that first trip was, uh, I went to eight countries. I went to Australia, New Zealand, uh, Vietnam, Laos, Thailand, Cambodia, Turkey, and Spain over a four-month period. And, um, you know, that changed my whole, my whole view of, uh, I won't say of the world, but it changed my view of uh, 
how limited my world was. So uh, I was hooked on travel at that point. Um, and as you know, that, that led me into travel writing. Um, but uh, that was, to me, um, you know, the other thing that I, I talk about in that sort of before and after moment with San Francisco, uh, I, at, at my last day at Wells Fargo, uh, I, obviously my friends were familiar with how much I disliked my job. Uh, and what was to come for me. So they, they picked me up and I asked them to take me to uh, Coit Tower, uh, uh, which is this iconic spot in, in San Francisco. And it's, it's sort of an overlook over the entire bay. Uh, and in that moment, I just, I didn't tell them what I was doing, but I walked up to the edge and I, uh, I don't know if you've seen, uh, what is that Zach Braff movie uh, where he's in New Jersey? Garden State. Garden State. So there's that moment where they yell into the void that's what I did in that moment. I, I screamed at the top of my lungs. Uh, and my buddy, actually the buddy, the buddy there was the same one, uh, that had gone to, uh, to Key West. Uh, four of us had moved out there and, uh, he remember him saying that he had never heard a sound like that come out of a human being. And that to me was like the before and after point. That was the, that was the fulcrum where I was like, this is, I'm letting it, go I'm letting go what I did before and now I'm going to kind of I'm going to be more intentional about what I do moving forward and I don't know what that's going to be um, but I'm going to embrace that uncertainty was that something you had been planning to do or was it a this the the primal scream was it a spur of the moment I don't know if I was inspired by the movie I can't remember uh but it it wasn't spur of the moment it was I think it was that week where I was like I got to do something to sort of mark this occasion and I was so excited that um that you know I knew I was leaving San Francisco and that was that was a point uh that was obviously an iconic spot in the city and I kind of wanted to I guess make my mark in that one moment of like I'm leaving but you're gonna hear me as I leave what were you unleashing yourself of in that moment um the i'd say expectations to a certain certain degree um i think uh the reliance on certainty um i think to that point i'd I'd been you know i think there was there was little ripples of of sort of independence that comes with just quitting a job and moving somewhere else and not worrying necessarily, um, about where I would land. Um, because I didn't want to do things solely because they were comfortable. Um, and I think I grew in that confidence, uh, over time. And that's allowed, that would allow me to take those, those leaps later on. Um, a lot of those come from, from obviously I, I have, I have a great family and I have, they've supported me all the way. And, you know, I've always made my own way, but, um, the emotional support and knowing they're there is, has been hugely helpful. Um, but I think, I think that was what I was letting go of is, is I had no idea what was next. Uh, and that was exciting to me, uh, because I, I think in order to get where you want to go, there have to be a few moments that you let go of, there has to be a certain leap of faith, I think. Um, and the, the certainty comes when you have that clarity of what you want. Are there people in your family that you looked to as 
perhaps role models for this kind of lifestyle of, of letting go of the uncertainty of the future? I think, uh, I mean, my, my, my dad started a business when he was in his forties. Um, and it was a big risk for him, um, because he had a, he had a steady job, but he, he knew that he could do, uh, what he was doing better on his own than he could, um, with, uh, with his current company. So he, I think he, uh, I did see that example. Um, he and I, you know, I, I have a very different mindset. I have a very different career from my dad, but that combination of, um, of being able to take the risk and recognizing that that risk pays off or can pay off, uh, really does sink in, in a way. Um, even when you're not, you know, when I'm not working for, you know, a company like my dad's, it's, it's the idea that risks are necessary in a lot of cases if you want the reward. Uh, and it all depends on what that reward is for you. Um, and for me, it became very clear that it was, uh, the reward was on the other side of what I was doing at Wells Fargo. So it, there was no question to me that I needed to do it. And I, I think I was okay with the uncertainty because it was pointing me in a different direction. And that's all that mattered. Are there any risks that you did not take that you wish you would have in your careers? That's a good question. Um, my initial thought is that it was, I can't think of a specific risk. Um, I think of urgency. Um, I think of, you know, I, I try not to think about wasted time, but I think about accepting things that are presented to you in a way uh, and letting that sort of dictate what you do for a longer period of time than you probably should. Um, and we all have have stories like that. You know, you, you, you know when you know, and there's no, there's no way to necessarily force that. But I think, um, having a a more open mind to just how diverse the opportunities are out there and trusting in yourself and in what you can do, uh, and recognize, recognizing, um, when you aren't in the right role, that there's, there's a reason something inside of you is telling you that. And, if you ignore it, that's fine, but you're wasting time to a certain extent. Um, and, you know, in my case, the time I, you, you know, the time I was at Wells Fargo, I used that time to save enough money to go on that uh, around the world trip. And that to me was worth it because I'm like, I got to make this plan. I got to do something that's bigger because I'm not always going to be able to do this. Um, and if I'm going to, to deal with this for the amount of time that I am, I need to know that what I'm doing next is going to be the right move for me. Um, and that right move really was deciding what I wanted, taking a break, because I don't think enough people take breaks in their careers. If, you know, I know some people can't, but um, that's why I saved the money is that I wanted to, to take that chance um, and sort of broaden my, my world a bit. Um, and I think that for me was, was, um, it all, everything about that was worth it because it, it pointed me in a direction and the risk, uh, the risk was definitely worth the nudge it gave me, uh, towards, uh, trusting myself and knowing that I could do whatever I, uh, whatever I set my mind to next. So I think for better or worse, the, the generation that is just getting started in their careers, millennial or Gen 
Gen Z crossover, whatever it, whatever it may be. But um, you know, this is a this is a group that has been dealt some pretty monumental blows. The the financial recession and of course the the pandemic now and. I think inevitably the younger people are entering a economy that is less stable, uh, where the expectation of a single company or a single job for more than a few years is, is just kind of uh, this sort of nostalgic dream. Um, do you think that younger people are more suited to hear and respond right. to the to those calls when they when they're feeling like they're not? Um, being fed in, in their current job? Or um, is there something about the uptick in anxiety and risk and world events um, that is perhaps making them more conservative or, or, or more likely to stay in a position because, quite frankly, the future is so scary for a lot of people? I think that's an interesting way to look at it. I think, you know, you would think that um, with the amount of upheaval they've seen in the last you know, 15 years or 10 years, it's been, it's been pretty constant. Um, and there has to be a certain amount of, of, you know, anger and frustration with the fact that, you know, they look at the path that the generations before us has, have taken and they, they see a lot of roadblocks on their way where there weren't roadblocks for at least the last couple or few generations. But I think, um, I know I'm very impressed with, uh, the way they've handled it and, and, the the world that they're creating um, with everything that's happened is it doesn't look good right now, but it is headed in a great direction. Um, and I think you know the crucible that they've they've been through over the last ten years has sort of trained them um, to a take nothing for granted, but b um, sort of going back to that stoic ideal of, of controlling what you can control and rolling with whatever comes your way. The other, the other phrase that I keep um, coming back to with, with uh, stoicism is love your fate. So uh, the idea that whatever comes your way, great. That's exactly what I wanted. Like whatever it is, just, just embrace it. Um, And I think, I think the current, uh, you know, millennials and, and Gen Z, I think they, they are, you know, probably not by choice, but they're being forced to, to sort of think in that way. Um, and they have the energy and the smarts and honestly, the way they're, they're changing our, our social perspective and the way we look at the world is going to, is going to make us so, so much better as a, as a, as a society. And, um, the ideas they're coming up with are, are fed by those challenges and by that, uh, you know, the adversity that comes with what's happening now. So I, it sucks. I can't imagine how bad it would be uh, to, to have these, you know, two calamities back to back, especially in the last 10 years. Uh, but it is making them stronger and they are going to make a better place uh, because of it. And you can see that every day in, in the way they're reacting. Thanks for listening. Escape of Velocity is hosted and produced by me, Kevin Sawyer, and presented by Modern Word Shop. Modern Word Shop helps startups and entrepreneurs make their words work harder 
through a full range of writing and editing services. www.modernwordshop.com And yes, that's Word Shop with a D. I hope you're feeling more inspired to break through the inertia of the everyday. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. Until next time, aim high and don't let gravity stop you.